Hello and welcome to the More Confidence with Luna Gaia podcast. I'm your host, Luna Gaia, and here we talk all things body positivity, self-love, how to get over that self-doubt that you have in yourself, actually falling in love with the body that you have now without having to make any kind of adjustments to it. And sometimes on our show, we have beautiful guests and I am thrilled to invite on to the More Confidence of Learner Guide podcast here today. Her name is Caroline jean Guillaume. She has over 50,000 followers on TikTok, which is where I found her because her content is absolutely inspiring. She currently lives in South Carolina, USA. She's lived up and down the East Coast over the past 10 years. She recently finished her BFA in advertising and branding from Savannah College of Art and Design and is pursuing a career as a copywriter in the advertising industry. Over the past five years, she's been focusing on personal growth. Yes, all up for that. And taking down harmful ideology stemming from diet culture. This conversation is going to be good, you guys. They've been ingrained in her since a young age. Now she's sharing what she's learned and inspiring others to grow as well. You can follow her Instagram and TikTok channels for inspiration on body love, acceptance, fashion advice, and fat packs for plus-size women everywhere. Please welcome to the More Confidence with Luna Guy podcast. Alan Jean-Thiome. Hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> it's so lovely to have you here. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Like, like <laughs> yeah, I, I do little happy dances. You can't see that right now, but it's like a little jig. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I've as as I just said in your intro there, I came across you on on TikTok fairly recently, actually. And it's one of those moments where I'm like, yes, because the video that really spoke to me that I saw of you, there's a, there's a couple that really spoke to me. But the first one it was, Carolyn, was this video that you did and you, 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 it says, I wish you could see what I see. And you talk about, you know, you can see yourself in the mirror and you've got your phone and you're filming this video and you're in your underwear and, and you're, you're admiring the crap out of your body like admiring it, admiring and admiring your belly. I think that there's this thing, and certainly for myself in my own personal experience, having a big belly has been the most difficult thing for me to accept and to love and to see you standing there with such reverence. You were like, I wish you could see, you know, when you try to capture a sunset with your phone, it just doesn't do it any justice is what you said in the video. And you were like, and capturing this beautiful body my the phone cannot do it justice and that you know even for me and I've been doing this work for a long time I love being inspired by incredible women like yourself doing that because again it made me go yes and and then I saw one recently about you being an oil painting there was this oil painting that you saw of this amazing Donis of a woman, um, I don't even call it a donis, I don't know how that works, but she's phenomenal, goddess, woman. You're like, this is me, and then you pose in the picture, and I'm like, yes, there's this, this relatability about what you do and about what you share. How did you get here? Did you Have you always loved yourself to this extent? Have you always felt comfortable in your body? <laughs> I feel like I already knew the answer to that question. Tell us a little bit about how you got to now inspiring 50,000 people on TikTok to love themselves. Wow. Wow. So so for me, it's been a journey since, I mean, like I mentioned, or the bio mentioned that, like, 
I have been, since I can remember about age 12, was one of the first times my parents were like, you know, if you lose weight, we'll buy you a whole new wardrobe. And it was a lot of struggle with that in my, you know, from 12 through my, you know, early teenage years. Um, it was crazy because I look back now and I wish I could be as fat as I was when I was a teenager. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I look back and I'm like, anybody think that that was fat (laughs) i celebrate i have the same experience i'm like what was i thinking (laughs) right and like my my, you know i remember i even remember like it was like two years after high school um i was going to join the military and my brother was going to be my trainer because he like he went like my brother lost the weight and got really fit and does like CrossFit and everything, even to this day. And mm-hmm. he's a physical therapist. He's getting his doctorate to be a physical therapist. Like, love it. Freaking golden child. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but he, what, what the deal was, if he trained me, I worked out that those were our summer jobs because we were both in college. And I was like, okay. Um, and he actually took one of my photos from prom and photoshopped it to make me look thinner. And it was supposed to be motivating. And it was at the time. And I'm, and I'm not mad at my family. Like we've talked about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, I look back and I go, wow. I like, wow. <laughs> and I got really fit. The only thing I'm mad about is that I'm not as fit as I used to be. Yeah. Not, it's not about the weight anymore. It's about what I can do. And that's what I like realized a couple years ago is I really started realizing wow it's not it's it's honestly I don't care about my weight it's that if someone says let's go for a hike I hesitate Mm. um so and and my fitness is something I'm working on you know I want to get back I want to be stronger again you know but my body's not changing yeah and (laughs) I um realized that the biggest one that helped me finally realize is one we know that dieting does not work. I have been on so many, many like, there's so many diets that lasted about a month or two months, right? But then there were the bigger ones, Hmm. the ones where I lost 20, 30, 40 pounds, Mm -hmm. 50 pounds. Yeah. And guess what? I gained them all back every time. Yeah. And so I had to start coming around like to this, what's wrong <laughs> well okay if i can't beat if i can't win in the diet culture yeah i'm gonna beat the diet culture yeah nice yep <laughs> like we're not we're not no 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 my rebellious side was like no no no. you've given me an impossible task how can i circumvent <laughs> the entire competition yeah um <laughs> so now um over the past couple years um i moved to the south which has a different culture in america the culture about bodies overall is the same but in each area it's a bit different okay in the south I felt a little more accepted mm-hmm. in my size because in the south it's a little more natural to be on the bigger side yeah or yeah. you find it more yeah um and I tried dieting again two years ago mm-hmm. but it was a new type of diet where it wasn't super restrictive it was about Mm. eating healthier yeah 
and moving is mm-hmm. how I'll say it. And then again, I couldn't keep it up with school and work. And I just felt like I was failing again. Mm-hmm. And all of this time, I'm still finding things I love about myself through all of this going back and forth with diets. I'm still, mm-hmm. I, I, I learned how to tame my hair. You should have seen it when I was a teenager. It was terrible. It is but phenomenal, now, by the way. I have awesome hair. You really do. I know how to tame and make it look good. This is like five days old, sweaty. I didn't want to take a shower because I was going to make TikToks and like it messes up my whole program with, you know. Uh-huh. So this is like, but it looks good. It looks great. <laughs> it was one of the first things that when, when he popped up on the screen, I was like, oh my God, like it's aerial. Like you're aerial. It's just this like, like yeah, you're, you're this beautiful mermaid. I was like, oh. So gorgeous. <laughs> and then about uh, five years ago, I learned how to, man- I fi- finally, someone taught me skincare. Mm-hmm. Finally, I started to really learn about makeup. So when I wanted to put it on, I knew how. Yeah. Um, and I started experimenting. So like, and then I know I'm like, there's a lot of things about me that I learned to love that were not my visual yet. I Taming my hair wasn't yep. a visual thing. It was like, a confidence thing like knowing how to style it having that skill uh doing my makeup wasn't about how I looked it was knowing how and that's ownership I feel like that's empowerment that's sovereignty that's going cool this is what you know for a long time I'm looking at us on the screens right like I'm I'm seeing that 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 direct contrast of like my hair is like almost straight as a knife today and I've, I've straightened it a bit but mostly I wake up and that's how freaking straight my hair is, right? So it's super, yeah, like it's 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 typically really ridiculously straight. And I and I don't have to do anything with it, right? And I look at the contrast there and I'm like this amazing curly. And for my whole life, I just wanted blonde curly hair. I just desperately wanted blonde curly hair and I have brown straight hair because I I denied what I was. I denied because who I was and what I had, but to be able to learn how to wear the makeup if you want to or how to dress which i i'm excited to get to some of your fashion tips and stuff how to dress and you know how to style your hair that's about own that's about you owning you and going damn straight i know how to make i how to make myself feel and look incredible yeah and exactly like the fashion stuff like i picked that up my mom you know she she was always um curvier uh she struggled with her weight as well she mm-hmm. finally got everything under control and like and when I say under control I'm saying she stopped going on diet and gaining and diet and gaining mm-hmm. again she now has a, a hold on her own health nice. and so what she you know how she feels when she eats certain things it's not about what it is it's how it makes her feel yes and yeah, moving oh she was getting older and she hated that, you know, she couldn't move like she used to. Yep. Um, but after three kids and, you know, uh, it, <laughs> she, she, uh, she had gained. And so she was happy to just be healthy and she's not thin. She's still not thin. Yep. And I'm happy that she's not um, in that. She feels like, she, I feel like she's at a healthy, balanced weight now where where you know everybody says if you didn't diet and you just had eaten normally where would your weight naturally sit yeah and for some people that's going to be 
in the overweight zone. Yep. And that's okay. Yep. So, um, so I learned a lot of clothing from her, actually. That was the point of that whole little rant. Sorry. Um, my mom is very well dressed. She, she's like very fashionable and I'm so proud of her because she was denied that when she had kids in the eighties and nineties, there was no fashion for, for plus size women. No, I definitely not. (laughs) She, that was her favorite thing. Um, and something that she still loves is, is just being fashionable. And now that fashion's catching up to plus size women, I can stick with her. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Damn. Now there's still clothing that I put on. She's like, Oh my God. (laughs) That's, I don't know if that's appropriate. I'm like, mom, it's fine. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> because, fine. There, because there's this idea that, that you know, I mean, so, certainly for me growing up, it was always flatter your shape. Like you can wear beautiful clothes, but but do it in a way that makes it look like you're not as fat as you are. Like don't ever right. highlight or expose those bits. You know, you don't like wear, wear a full-size swimsuit and maybe some shorts when you're at the beach. You know, don't wear crop tops. You don't wear shorts. You don't wear see-through tops. You don't wear, you know, cutoffs. You like none of it. Like, you, there's a whole bunch of things that plus-size women are not allowed to wear. That was the, that that was what I learned. But I loved crop tops. I'm like, crop tops are so cute with the little belly out there, and I'm like, and the shorts and the why can't I wear that? <laughs> okay, when I first started wearing crop tops, I'd say about. Honestly, like I started really embracing them about uh, a year ago, maybe. Um, One of the first things I noticed was, oh my gosh, I feel cold now because all the heat from underneath the boobs gets to flow. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Wait, is that why people wear crop tops? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, I, and I love crop tops now and my mom, she's gotten to the point where she accepts that we're not going to agree. Yeah. Excellent. She may, and, and I still sometimes get frustrated because I know she's on her own journey of still body acceptance. And she said that the other day she was at the gym and at this gym that she goes to, they have like this 360 camera and she loved the outfit she was in until she saw herself in the 360 camera and how it clung to her back. And she was like, Ooh, and I'm like, but mom, you felt awesome until that moment. You shouldn't let that moment of what somebody else might see or what they might interpret the same way you do. Like, don't let that stop you from wearing that outfit. You Mm -hmm. felt awesome. Yeah. And and I think that that's what what needs to count. I've definitely had those moments where I've been like, you know, walking down the street on point. I've got my music on, feeling amazing, going for a walk. And I and I walk past the window of someone's house and I see my reflection and I'm like, oh, do I do I look like that? And then I have to remind myself it's. Why would I replace a single moment of a reflection that is not even me. That's not me. That's a reflection. Why would I replace a reflection of me for a single moment in time filtered through a lifetime of biases in my mind? Why would I replace the feeling of love, of joy, of happiness, of freedom, of energized, of, of, of complete and utter love? Why would I replace that with this flash of a moment? Right. It's insane. Why? Why? Why would I? Why would I 
<laughs> it's like, here's a dollar or you can have the million, the abundance of the universe. What would you like? Oh, I'll just take the dollar because it's right in front of me. No, no. That's what everyone says I should be happy with. Yes, like, that's what you're happy dollar. Yeah, be happy with the dollar. But you're abundant. You're amazing. Why, why would I replace that? Because the feeling, I, and I think that, Carolyn, that's what actually is being promoted through the weight loss in, in everything. And I talk about this in my book around capitalism, that all, all of it is, is directed towards if you get this, you'll feel a certain way. That's, you, you know, that, that's what it's about. You'll feel this way if you get this. If you do this, you'll feel this way. So the, that's what people are, are driving for. I, I myself, and I, I hear you talk about your, your, your dieting, I, I've lost and put on over 20 kilos, which is about 44 pounds, five times. And, and, and plus the rest, plus the little bits in between, as you say, the, the, the diets that I've gone on longer, but then it's like off, you know, five or 10 kilos less and then put it back on and then less and put it back on. And, and it just, it, I never got the feeling that it was promised. Never. I never, even at my smallest, and with you, when I look back on photos of me, when I know that I thought that I was huge and, you know, non-valid, like just completely unworthy at the time, now I'm going, that was 25 kilos ago. You're insane, girl, for a set, for for, for start. But I never felt that way. I, it was never enough. It was never enough. If I, I had got lost the weight, but but then my my arms were too floppy and they needed to be stronger or uh, not stronger, honder. It wasn't about how I felt; it was how I looked. Back then, I didn't wear crop tops. I didn't wear bikinis. I was I was terrified at the beach, and I was I was the lightest I have ever been as an adult, and and so I still didn't get the feeling. So uh, similar to you, I kind of had that moment. I was like, hang on a second. So I've been told my whole life that I will feel amazing and I can wear all these clothes and and I'll be confident and happy when I lose weight. And I've now done it five or six times and it's never worked. So maybe, just maybe, it's got nothing to do with how my body looks and more about how I feel within myself. And maybe if I change how I feel about myself, I'll get that feeling. And sure as shit, (laughs) I'm the biggest I've ever been and... I'm amazing. <laughs> right. I mean, you can even ask people who have lost lots amount of weight. And and like I I follow someone on TikTok and they got the gastric sleeve and they lost all the weight. And then they gained it all back. Mm. And I'm talking like 150 pounds. Uh, yeah. And that's a lot. That's a lot, right? That's a lot of stress on the body. We do not talk. People think, oh, you know, being big is a bad thing. No, the, most of the big people that we know have been on and off diets their entire lives. Yeah. It's the being on and off diets that is what actually hurts. The gain, the lose, the gain, the lose, the gain, yeah. the lose. If mm-hmm. you, if if nobody had ever been on a freaking diet, we would have all been fine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and our health would be better just naturally. Like there's nothing we can do about it now. This is not something we can change right now just by losing more weight again. Yep. This is something that is going to stick there because of stress on the body. Yes. You can't, you can't undo stress on your body guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it, and, and he's, he's going back down and he's like, I'm not going to mess this up this time. Cause, and I think he's working on himself from what I can tell 
he's working on his mentality and his brain and his emotions, not just body anymore. Um, and, And that happens all the time. And we don't talk about that, how people can lose the weight and still see themselves as big and, and feel like they didn't do anything, but also just not be, get those, those, those non-scale rewards that we are promised the Holy grail at the end. And you don't get them just because you get to that weight. And it's like, because those non-scale, the Holy grail doesn't come from weight. Holy grails never come from weight. People who are small will make you think that because they've always been there. Yeah, correct. (laughs) It doesn't. It it so doesn't. Like I, and I know people who, and I remind myself this all the time. This is my big thing. My biggest, biggest piece of advice that I give anybody and it helped me over time was someone in this world wants your body. Yeah. Wow. Somebody, I don't care if you think I'm crazy saying that. Somebody in this world wishes they could gain weight and be your size. Someone wishes they could lose weight and be your size. Someone wishes they had bigger or smaller and everything of your body and that yep. you have. Yep. And so I guarantee you somebody wants your body and I have to go, I, you know, I need to be thankful for this body. Yeah. I, I cannot, I, I speak, speak so much to that. A few years ago, I did a, a, a conference. You know how like it might be a, um, and they all like you go somewhere. It was a mind, body, spirit festival kind of deal where you where you go and they all like there's little stands of people selling different things. So I I I did a stand and I stood at my stand in a bikini with "Embrace Your Body" written on my belly for three days in in this in this conference with you know and obviously people are selling books and herbal remedies and readings and I'm in a bikini. It's it's so out of place and. I, I distinctly remember a few people saying to me, well, I'd love myself too if I looked like you. And, and the, the two things there, that one, that somebody wanted my body. Somebody thought that they would love themselves if they looked like me. But the reality is if they did look like me and they didn't change their thinking about themselves, they still wouldn't. And I said that to them. They'd still want to be someone else. If you... <laughs> and and that, that's part of the culture that's part of diet culture if, if you get to someone else then you will be happy but it's just a friggin lie it's a lie it's a straight out poisonous toxic lie the only way in my experience and I, I I feel like this is same for you the only way for us to get that feeling is to conjure it within ourselves to love ourselves as we are in this moment. And that might mean that we make different decisions. I know for some people who are plus that, that they don't feel particularly healthy. You were saying before about, and health and fitness, I'm, I'm separating these things. You said that you didn't feel particularly fit at the moment. And I'm similar. I don't feel particularly fit. I had a baby recently and my body can't move as, as well it has been able to. I had cesarean, so it's I've been limited. But I've been... Small, I've been skinny, well, skinnier. I would never skinny, skinny, but I've been skinny and not fit at all because I just lost weight dieting. And so I wasn't fit, I wasn't strong, I wasn't healthy by any stretch of the imagination. I was battling with an eating disorder, mentally unwell, spiritually poisoned, and like it didn't, it just, (laughs) we all know thinner people who are unfit as well. When a fat person turns around and says, I'm, 
I'm, you know, I'm not that fit right now. There's an assumption that's because we're fat. No, it's just an assumption because we haven't been focusing on fitness right now, the same way that a skinny person may or may not be focusing on fitness. Your size <laughs> does not determine your fitness level at all. There are women proving this wrong all the time. And men have done it before, but, but, but we love to critique women more on this. Women are running marathons. They are doing ultra marathons. They are doing so many physical things. I know women who hike every weekend, every some who do it every other day, and they aren't going to lose weight. Their bodies aren't doing that. Their body is getting stronger, but it's not going to lose weight. And they 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 eat very well because they have to because they're doing marathons and ultra marathons. And they don't have a choice. They have to eat well, yep. but they're still not losing weight. And if somebody says, we'll eat less, then they're going to start stressing their body. Mm-hmm. And we all know stress on the body is not good. Yep. Not long-term, maybe for sh- a minor short-term five minutes, fine. Sure. Yep. But not in a long-term way. Um, and it just, it blows my mind that people will literally promote, oh, starve yourself. So you can yeah, so like, okay. yeah, like like just why? Yeah, like go hungry. And then so so I you know I try to focus. It's it, you know I if you want to go to the gym to be strong, to be able to run, mm-hmm. yes, yes. You want to you want to eat your fruits and vegetables every day, so that your muscles and bones stay strong. Yes, yep. that's right. Those are the reasons, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I don't want to go to the gym. Oh my God, nobody wants to sweat. Nobody wants to, like, there are people who are addicted to that. I get that. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I'm like, ugh, I don't want to go to the gym. But you know what I want to do? I want to go on a hike. Yeah. And I, keep it on, I can't go on hikes until I start going to the gym. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's the kind of thing to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I want to, when we're in New York City, I want to walk all day long and not have any pain. Okay, yeah. maybe a little. <laughs> yeah the only, well, that's gonna, <laughs> the only way that's gonna work is if i start walking now yeah and yeah. so it needs to be pra- it's for practicality mm-hmm. you know um i had another point i was gonna mention but now i can't remember it that's okay it's okay from what i'm hearing you saying it, it is again is about how do you want to exist in your life what are the kind of activities right. that you want to do and we we ought to be matching our behaviors based on that you know like I mentioned to you before when we when we were off off camera kind of vibe that that I'm a type one diabetic, which means that I have insulin. Like I need to literally inject five or six times a day in order to stay alive, effectively. Which means that for me, what I've decided to do and what's best for my diabetes is that I don't eat anything that sugars. So I don't eat carbohydrates. I I don't eat sugar. Effectively, I don't eat fruit. Um, eat sugars. I don't eat. I, I know I don't eat bread. I don't eat pasta. I don't eat. Um, I don't eat. I know, right? I don't. And I used to. <laughs> I know. Um, but it, I, I don't not eat it because I'm on a diet or because I think it's going to make me fat. I don't eat it because I need a significantly more amount of insulin when I do eat it. And and to control my sugar levels is so much harder when I do. So it makes me feel like shit. The reality is right. that I the quality of my life, I, I, I have to be obsessed by food if I eat that way because I have to constantly be checking 
the, the diet that they give you as a diabetic, you have to eat every two hours, have to. Otherwise, your sugar levels crash and you're, I'm constantly on this roller coaster. Since I removed those things from my diet, not as a diet for any other reason, purely for my diabetes, I live happily now. I, I have complete freedom. I am so joyful. I can move my body. Yes, hypos, sugar lows still happen and sometimes it goes up, but it's so rare. And that's the reason why I do that. And the reason I go for a swim is because it feels amazing. The reason why I walk is because I love the endorphins. The reason why I work out is because I want to be strong. They've got nothing to do with how my body looks or the size of it or the weight of it or the pant size. You know, it it reminded me, it's live your life for pleasure. There's no other point. Like, honestly, (laughs) pleasure. Like, you know, do the things you do for pleasure. And and this is this is for food too. Mm. Like, I mean, come on. There are like Michelin star chefs out there making food. Do you really think they're doing that because it's for their diet? No, that <laughs> stuff is for pleasure. pleasure of the yeah. And you know, go to the gym so you can enjoy the pleasure of walking along the beach. Yeah without being in pain you know it's it you should really live for the pleasures of things and I think honestly um with my intuitive eating coach she's been absolutely wonderful Mm -hmm. she was like one of the big things was stop being having distracted meals so just sit down and eat a meal without any distractions Mm. and watch and and chew like she wanted me to chew right count how many how many um chews for each bite Mm. and what I realized is when I did that i I took pleasure in my food for the first time in a long time. Mm. And actually I realized some things I used to take pleasure in. I was like, oh, why am I eating this? Because I think there's pleasure in it, but there's no pleasure. It's not. Yes. I'm eating it, hoping for the pleasure. I'm like, wait, huh? Okay. Maybe I just have to find new foods that have new pleasures in them. And that's okay. It can be frustrating because you're like, but I wanted that. Yes, you wanted that pleasure from that food. So that can be frustrating. But mm. honestly, like food daily, every meal should be enjoyable. Yes. And if you're not enjoying it, find new food. Yeah. Spices, ways to cook. Like, and I honestly, because I think one thing about American culture, and I'm not, and pretty sure Australian culture is similar in this. Okay. We do not center our meals around people. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I, we, I admire your many European cultures because they center their meals around people. Yes. Yeah. I know what you mean. And when you're, 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 when you're with people, you're having, you're, you're have the pleasure of their company yeah. and you're enjoying your life. You're mm. just happy to be with good people. And when you're happy, you're not going to eat more. <laughs> And it's fine. It's fine to emotionally eat sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. We yeah. need that. Mm. But I think for myself, it, it, it was one reason why I overate all the time. Um, for, for there's, a, there's actually a few reasons, but yeah. that's one of them is because yes. I'm, I'm in college. I'm working. I don't have time to sit and eat a meal with people, Yeah, but it would change my eating patterns. Mm. And so I just think, you know, find any way to indulge in pleasure, all pleasures at once people good people in a meal that sounds like a lot of 
that smell, that's taste, yes. that's touch, connection, that's, it's community, people, yeah, connection. That's ah. all the pleasures yes. right there. So, yeah, and I feel like with that, that there can be. There's a word I'm looking for, and I can't. A uh, hedonism. Hedonism comes to mind. To be hedonistic is is about um, is is about only going for pleasure in life, right? And I think that I, I, I love what you're saying. And I'll just add my, my, you know, my personal piece to that is that I think that, that yes, we ought to be enjoying the things. And, and to me, we ought to be enjoying the things. And so it's looking at it in the moment and looking at it in the, whole, the holistic version. Because if this pleasure now brings me pain tomorrow and I'm doing that on a regular basis and I, I take like alcohol, for example. So right, I, stopped, right. I stopped drinking in my 20s. Not for any other reason except for the fact that it hurt me. I, I would enjoy it at the time. I would have a good time in the moment, but it would take me three or four days to recover my mental health from it. Like it just stripped me of my goodness. It stripped me of pleasure. It's like I was stealing tomorrow's joy. And and it wasn't, for me, it just didn't feel like I could sustain it. You know, it wasn't a sustainable thing. So occasionally now, it's not to say that I don't ever drink. Occasionally, when I say occasionally, maybe it's once every six months, maybe once a year or something, I feel like, oh, I'm going to pop some champagne. That'll be fun. Let's do that. And and I enjoy it for that. But if I was do- when I was doing it every weekend, it would take me half the week to recover from that and my life was being sucked out of it. So pleasure, absolutely, and to me, ecological. Is it sustainable? Can I continue doing this thing? And is it harming me or or is it you know helpful or hindering in the long term as well? How is that this pleasure? It's beautiful. Yeah, it has to be it has to be long term for me as much as it is short term. I like that sustainable pleasure. Sustainable pleasure. Yeah. Sustainable pleasure. Yeah, yes. yeah, because you're right. You, you, you know, there are things you'll regret later or that hurt later. Like, I'm, <laughs> someone with celiac should not have a bowl of pasta just because it's pleasurable in the moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's not what I'm talking. You know, and and yeah, but things that work towards enhancing. There you go. Help. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, to be joyful. Yeah, I can and enjoy that food, and I can, you know, yesterday I. <laughs> I was having a chat to someone the other day on a podcast and and I was I said how how I really like kale chips. Like I, I put kale in the oven and let it go crispy and then and then I drizzle it with oil and salt. And they were like, that's revolting. And I was like, you know what? I'm not eating kale chips in replacement of potato chips. I'm not eating them because I am on a diet or because I can't eat something else i'm literally eating that because i think it's delicious and i love the protein yeah the seaweed packs the seaweed chips yeah those are my favorite snacks if you were like why why are you eating like it's not really seaweed but whatever you make it from no. like but it does it taste good like, like yeah. i literally just like the way it is like uh-huh i'm a happy person and then, you know, that some of this comes down into the, the clothing and how you treat your body as well. Like, you know, why, you know, we were all, we we're all taught fat, uh, sorry, black is flattering. Black is flattering. Yeah, definitely. That's 
not fun. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not There's fun. There's ways to make it fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You can make it fun. But um, I realized I was tired of that attitude. Well, this is flattering, so you should wear this, but I don't I don't like how that I don't like that. I don't like how that looks. Like that's yeah. not fun for me. It's yeah. not fashionable or it's not my favorite color, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I learned to, you know, kind of get out of that box. Yeah. Nice. As I tell people now, learn the rules so you can break them. Amazing. Black is flattering. Yeah, break that rule. Yeah. <laughs> A lines, peplums, whatever it is, learn it. Yep. And then break it. Just yeah. And, break and, it. and then you can choose, right? There is this, and I'm 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 fully aware that I'm wearing black today. It's it's rare for me these days, though. I know. <laughs> my, my my whole wardrobe, I'm with you, used to be black. Be- yeah. Because because you couldn't see my bits, you couldn't see my body in that. And wearing prints, you know, like don't wear horizontal lines. I remember that being a rule. You know, allowed to wear horizontal lines because it makes you look wider. Um you know, like, like always wear something that covered my, my, my belly, right? Like always wear tops that were longer. But I honestly find that I look way better and way more um, defined in a really beautiful way when I don't cover my belly. Otherwise, it's just shapeless. It's just hanging over my hips in a shapeless, like I'm wearing a freaking potato sack. But if I tuck, if I tuck it in, I'm like, dang, look at me go. Like, you know, of all the things. Of all the things that I was thankful for, my 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 dad and my mom have different fashion sense, and mm. so my mom she'd be like, "This looks flattering on you, blah blah blah," and it, it did it it did it looks flattering, but my dad was like, "Where's your shape though?" Even yeah, when nice. I was, even though I was critiqued and I was told to lose weight, he still believed that showing your shape is right. more flattering than hiding it, and, yep. and you know uh, it's something I'm going to talk about soon is. One of the things I see a lot of women do, I even saw it at like a model boot camp I went to recently because I'd like to break into that. Um, you! There go. This girl, she, I think she was probably around this, uh, like she was on, she was a straight size um, and she was doing headshots and headshots were wearing a tank top and jeans and she took her tank top and she pulled it down like in the early 2000s when everybody pulled their chops down really low to make your torso look longer. But in yep. the end, it actually... When, what you're trying to hide is your belly and your hip area. And when yep. you try to hide it with a tight tank top, you actually emphasize it. Yes. And it highlights. Yep. And I just kind of like, oh my gosh, that's right. And I mean, I understand. I'll do that with a tight shirt on. I'll pull it down because I think it's more flattering. Yep. But in the end, trying to hide my belly and my apron belly, it becomes less flattering because it almost yes. it actually highlights that area where it could just hide in the neutrality of jeans. <laughs> yes. I, I know I've highlighted it with whatever color I'm wearing. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that's something that, you know, I really hope to show people is that when you're trying to hide, you actually emphasize, and I know it's scary, but try, try not hiding. Try just being. Try just yes. let it be. Yes. Let it be. <laughs> yes, because this this idea that there are certain body parts that are meant to hide, uh, you know, and that's another thing. Like you know, like I've got clients with the arms; they're like they would never wear, they would never wear a top because of their flabby arms, right? Like that would, so they always wear something that covered it up all the time, no matter how hot it got. Like they're they're cooking; they're like, oh my gosh, it's so hot, and they like take it off, 
but no, like it's no my arms, right? I think that there's this, you know, the perception that people already know. They already know we're fat. Like they already know, man. Like <laughs> you know, somebody, I don't. I, this was like in a movie or a TV show or something. I can't remember where I heard this, but it was a man talking to a woman. She's like. Yeah, ah, ah, I think it was like an eat, pray, love or something, <laughs> of course. Um, but she was talking to her friend. She's like, oh, I've gained, you know, I have to go up a pant size. I have gained weight. And she's like, your husband, has he ever walked out of the room after you got naked? Then you're fine. Like any man who's going to sleep with you, for the record, he's already imagined you naked. He already knows. Like he knows. And if he doesn't, then then you walk out. Okay. But most men, if they've gone to that point, they they know. They know. And so it, it's no longer you don't need to be self-consciously. They Correct. already knows. Yes. Like don't worry. Yeah. You really think a man. No, no. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and, and that it's that, like, you've hidden it that well that when you take your clothes off, all of a sudden you've gained 45 pounds. Like, like it's not, <laughs> you're, I don't care how good your spanks are, you ain't hiding that. You know, it might look slightly bigger when you take your clothes off, but he's attract, they're attracted to you as you are, actually. Right. He might be surprised when you take your makeup off. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to be surprised <laughs> when you take your clothes off. No. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no. You, you, you can't really, uh, yeah, they already know. They, they know. They so already just know. So just embrace it. Let it be. Yes. Yeah. And, and that one always made me feel better, too. I'm like, you know, it's right. Because he's, he's uh, yes. <laughs> So good. There's, there's so so many beautiful things. Tell me, tell me about tell tell me about fat fashion. Like you know, we're we're talking yeah. into that. That you have this amazing. Like I, I watched a bra hack of yours the other day, where you wear your bra over your camisole for various different reasons. It gives you more shape. It it you know it stops the bra from digging in. Yeah. How do you like you know th- this is important stuff because because fat people have been told that they're not allowed to be fat. And that they shouldn't be fashionable. We don't. We haven't. We don't necessarily talk about these hacks that are really important. What are some of your favorites? Well, that's one of them. Is the is the bra or the tank top change everything? Now, I've I have done a lot of I. Most of my bras now are wireless, so that's not as much of an issue. But when I want to wear, I have a sweater dress that's nice and tight, and so I really want to show off the curves. I wear that. I put a I put a tank top, or actually, someone actually recently said. Um, like a, a bandeau top, like yep. wireless, just instead of a full tank top, I was like, oh, that's going to save me some layers. Thank yep. you. Um, they, they, they improved my hack, but you know, there's, there's time place for that also. And this is one I learned from my dad, which is bizarre. Um, he tucks his shirts into his underwear so that his, his undershirt stays tucked in. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of genius. So I pull my tank top down and I hook it under the underwear and I talk about it in there. Um, and I've always, I don't, I look, I, to this day, I have never found a chub rub solution better than a pair of shorts. Yes. <laughs> but there, 
there's some great pieces out there. And I just, somebody just recommended these things called bandolets. So that's going to be coming up. I'm going to be reviewing them. They're like these lace bands that go across your thigh. So yep. they look sexy, but they save you and you don't have to wear an extra layer. I'm like, um, okay, I'll yeah. give those a try too. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying some, and I'm, what's crazy is I, I probably know more fat hacks than I realize just yeah. because I do them anyway yes yeah um i personally i gave up on any like sexy underwear no it better be comfortable first <laughs> then it can be sexy because what's the point if i'm never gonna wear it <laughs> I go, oh, that's too uncomfortable for me to wear i'm that like it just it'll sit in my drawer like yeah. literally what's the point yeah. So um, I do have some cute ones. Like Torrid is actually pretty good. Um, I found some, honestly, at Lane Bryant. Um, I don't like most of their fashion, but mm -hmm. their intimates are decent. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, so make sure you choose a pair of underwear that you like the cut first. Yeah. Before you ever worry about the, because the, like I said, it's just going to sit in your drawer otherwise. Yes. You know yeah, it. and you know it. Correct. The only exception to that rule for me would be there's, there's certain lingerie pieces that I know I can only tolerate wearing for about 15 minutes. So yeah. it means that That's if right. I'm like duh, 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 and having my little moment right. before right. the clothing gets taken off me, happy days. But it's, right. it's, it's performative underwear. It's not for function. It's complete right. performative. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for, for that moment. Right. So like, and, and, and I'm, I'm trying to skirt this line with content and what I'm telling people is because I want you to embrace your body the way it is. I want you to love your body, mm -hmm. but I also want to show you ways to, and I hate the word, but flatter but yeah. ways to do it with clothing. Hopefully that you haven't thought about or clothing that you're like, I would never like a crop top. Yeah. Let me show you how you, you can wear a crop top. Yeah. To make it look good, especially if you're wearing it for the first time. Yes. Um, uh, one of my biggest things for clothing is trying, don't go out and try 10 new styles of clothing. Okay. Try like, get like one crop top mm -hmm. you think looks cute, yep. right? That you actually have to think it looks cute because that's big, that's big and just wear it around the house. Cool. Yeah. Just whatever it is, wear it around the house until you're mm -hmm. comfortable. You'll get used to how you move in it, how it moves on your body. Yep. And then you'll notice, oh, I need to go to the grocery store. Blah, and you run out the door and you don't think about it. And then you have to, you have to, even when you catch yourself, you have to go, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you go to the store anyway with yep. the crop top. Yep. I, I had that something very similar with a client some time ago. She just, even in her own backyard, she felt really uncomfortable wearing a swimsuit and just could not wear a swimsuit in the backyard at her own pool with her family. And it was mm. terrified and just holding herself back in huge ways and wasn't even a plus-size individual, just hated her body to that point. And mm. I said, cool, so, and she worked from home, so I was like, so what are you going to do throughout the day when no one's home, close all the windows, close all the blinds, and sit around in your swimwear. Like just, mm -hmm. just with you first. Just get comfortable as you, exactly what you've just said. Just get comfortable with what that feels like. 
get used to the idea of of that clothing get feel into that and and maybe then start to eventually appreciate the freedom that comes with just where I mean to me I I wear a two-piece because I hate being in a one-piece that's literally the reason why I wear a two-piece at the beach because having to then pull the undies across pull the swimmers across to have to, to go to the toilet or take the whole swimsuit off it annoys me so a two-piece uh, means that I can just take off the bones and that's <laughs> that's it's function it's pure function is why I wear a bikini at the beach because yeah. one piece is annoying me. So Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they, it's like literally, oh God. It yes. <laughs> and, and I'm a huge fan of function. Yes. Like, don't be wrong. I love cute clothing and everything, but please have pockets. <laughs> please. And to oh, me, well, I I like comfort to me very often it's comfort first. It's comfort first, followed by like visual. I still like to look good. I still want it to be nice. Um, and I want it to be comfortable, man, because otherwise I don't want to wear it. What's right. the point? Right. Your, your clothing has to be comfortable to your body first. It doesn't matter if it looks great or bad. Yeah. It has to be comfortable. And, and there are exceptions. There's, there's, you're willing to bend it for this piece or that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And, and honestly, I know a lot of women who struggle with looking in the mirror. Yeah. Like this mirror, the mirror TikToks you're talking about, <clears throat> there are women who won't do that at all. Yeah. And I think one of the things that helped me was I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I, I don't remember a time where I used to ignore the mirror mm. purposely, but there were times where I would only let myself glance. Yeah. Yeah. But over time, if I'm doing that, like twice a day, I have to go through the bathroom to my wardrobe mm -hmm. area. So that's where the mirror is. And I sleep pretty naturally. So <laughs> I walk in there in the morning and I go past the mirror. I walk out to go when I'm going to bed and I'm going past the mirror. And just seeing that you don't, you don't have to look. You don't have to look. Just mm -hmm. let yourself walk through because I think seeing it in your peripheral, your brain will get used to it before you do. Yes. Yeah. And that's going to help a lot. Yeah. Like you don't have to sit there and stare in the mirror, but don't avoid the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Just start, just start walking past it. And you know, yeah. if there's a time where you catch yourself looking in the mirror going, ah, stop and walk away. You've got to stop and walk away. Yes. Because yeah, again, it's, 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 hard. it's, it's just a reflection. I think that I, I remember hearing or reading something really beautiful about, you know, you only ever see yourself in front of the mirror. You only ever see yourself in a photo. And it was, it was an ode. It was the partner talking about someone and going, but I see you when you're laughing. I see you in those moments where you're, where you're blown away by something. I see these expressions on your face that you never see because you only see yourself when you're looking at yourself, but I see you all the time and I see you in all of that beauty. I see your body in shapes, in, in ways that you will never see. And I think that's a highlight. Again, the mirror and the camera are just, it's just a moment. It's just a, it's just a projection of me in that flash. And yeah. it's, not, it's not who we really are. I think that sometimes I look back on my videos and there are some videos that I can't stop watching because I'm like, Look at that facial expression. It's amazing. Like, I'm like, I didn't know I looked like that sometimes. I'm like, because there's this expression that I'm making. And I'm like, that is 
fire, man. Do I do I make that face? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, and like that's another thing. Like I know people who first of all, I found making videos. I was more comfortable making videos than I was um being in photos. Um because yeah, I've I've been a photographer and I have it's kind of almost been a year since I've actually taken a photo, but I was a photographer for a while. And mm -hmm. so I didn't want to be in front of the camera, but when I was in front of the video, the filming, well, that yeah. was different yeah. because you're getting me as a person, person. yeah, not just a snapshot. Yeah. So that helps. Um, and now I'm getting more comfortable in front of just a camera for a snapshot, um, yeah. which is, which is great because I, I, I think for a long time I wanted to be in front of the camera. I just didn't know how. Yeah. But I love being the photographer, but it's nice to be in front of the camera. So if you just want to take, you know, one of the best ways to actually, I've learned this. I was like, oh. how do you take photos of yourself to post on socials? Mm -hmm. You take a video. Oh, cool. You, you stand in front of the camera and you pose and you hold it for like three seconds. Uh -huh. And then you just, you do like 10 poses throughout the video. And then when you're editing, you can pause it. You can just grab the snapshot. Snapshot, yes. Oh my gosh, that makes my life so much easier. Yes. <laughs> because you're, also, not, you're not relying, like you, you can capture the moment that is the most effective. I think that I'm sure, I'm sure um, iPhones do this as well, but on my Android phone, you can get motion pictures. Same deal. So it takes... It takes a small video, like two or three seconds, right? Not even, maybe two yeah. seconds. So it almost has taken up like 16 different shots and you can then choose the best pick within it. I think that like that's a similar kind of vibe. Like, oh, I just get to choose the moment rather than me going <laughs> and having to pose for it. Yeah, the Chandler Bing kind of. Yeah, or like when it counts down, like you can do a countdown in a selfie, but like you have to be in the right pose and the right phone at the right moment. Yeah. Um, and also, and it, and it goes for videos on like TikTok and everywhere too. Like, you know, I would recommend people just make the, make it and leave it in your drafts or delete it later. Yeah. Just make it. You don't have to post it. Just make yeah. it. Yep. Just and make it. Comfortable that way. Mm -hmm. I agree. And and what I'm what I'm hearing and what I feel like is is uh, the biggest takeaway from today's conversation, Carolyn, is that is that action action take like the courage and small steps but take the action you know wear that wear that thing that you're you, you're scared to wear at home first take the action to take the little steps film yourself but don't post it if you don't want to and just do those little things incrementally and over time you then become more and more comfortable with that you know people people would say oh you know I don't want to be on camera because I don't like the sound of my voice I, I've been making content for for eight, nine years now across many different platforms. And I mean, I watch myself the whole time. I'm editing, I'm making videos. Like it just never, it just sounds like my voice now. It doesn't, I, there's not like, oh my God, is that how I sound? No, I just, that's how I, I know how I sound. <laughs> and that's how I, I, it's not, it's not a shock to me because I do it so frequently. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to be like that. I was the person, I did not like the sound of my voice on a recording because how I sound in my head is how I think I sound. So therefore, my whole life is narrated with that voice. That voice, yeah. And and hearing it from something else, I'm like, ew, that's what you hear. But now I'm like, 
it's it's not that different. It's really not. And like now it's fine. And and I I mean I still am unsure, but I my singing voice is still different. I still have a hard time keep listening to that. But uh-huh. you know, I just started doing it because either I can get paranoid about how my voice sounds mm-hmm. or I can move forward and do the thing I want to do. Nice. nice. Yeah. Take the fear with you. Like, like go, cool, buddy. I know that we're scared. I'm just gonna sing anyway. I'm just going to wear that anyway. I'm going to do it. Come along with me. Jump in the car. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this. Jump in the back seat of my car, buddy. We're going for a ride into, you know, into the crop top season or into into the singing. Whatever it is, keep taking the action steps forward because you never actually get courageous until you walk into fear. Oh, and, and one of my biggest this is probably the biggest piece of advice to anybody. Good. I was going to ask that to, to close off today. So that's perfect. I love the it. Biggest one, the biggest one is um, your visual auditory diet is so is way more important than anything else. Okay. What you hear every day, what you see every day. And I'm talking yes. a split second on socials or yep. when you're driving down the street. Some of these you cannot change, but on your socials, mm-hmm. on socials, movies, um, those you can change who you follow. Yeah. Follow people yeah. that look like you. Follow people that will improve your men- you, what you're thinking. Yep. Because that that was a, a huge thing that I look oh. back and I don't even realize how much it helped until I look back and I go, wow. Yes. I just got used to seeing somebody with my body. Yeah. It helped me. Yeah, and somebody with your body that isn't a before photo. You know, that's the biggest thing that I always found, that my body was represented but only as a bad thing, only as the brunt of the joke, only as as the thing that you don't want to be. And until I started seeing images, well, I think I changed it for myself because it sort of came out before I, I started to change this for myself before the body positivity movement. But it just anchors for me. It anchors every time. Whenever I see queens like you, I'm like, yes, that's right. I can. I'm allowed to. It gives it gives other people permission to do so. It's the same. When people see my content in my body, that I I one of my festival appearances that I do is I do a workshop and it's for all women. And towards the you know, three quarters into the workshop, I, I rile everybody up and I get naked. I take all my clothes off. If I'm allowed to knickers, I do as well, but but sometimes I'm not allowed to. So, but it's boobs. And I walk around the entire room. Sometimes there's two or 300 women in there. And I ask them to look at my body, to look at it, because we're not allowed to look at bodies unless it's in pornography. We're not allowed to look at naked bodies, right, unless it's objectified. I said, look at my body and see it. See the scars, see the stretch marks, see the ingrown hairs, see the see the softness, see the the drop of my boobs, see the cellulite, look at it all. And what it does to women is completely changes their life because now all of a sudden they have permission. They're like, you're a real person and you're confident and you're happy and maybe, and my body looks like your body. I have those boobs too. I thought I was the only one that had boobs like that or I thought I was the only one that had that flat ass. Yeah. And now all of a sudden... I can love it. And it's like, I mean, 
when we're teenagers, we're always uncomfortable with bodies because like we're just figuring out ours. But I remember being like 16, 17, 18 in the women's locker room because I'm too old to be in the kids' locker room, right? So I'm in the women's locker room and a woman's walking around naked. I felt uncomfortable, not because of anything. She just literally was walking from the shower to her locker and yep. it made me uncomfortable. And following women who show their bodies, like the first time I followed Lizzo on, on socials, I felt uncomfortable yep. because- yep. I just hadn't seen real women's bodies <laughs> without them being objective. They were just there, just yeah. there in the blah. Like, I'm going to say the blah, just like they, they just are. It's existing. And, and so, but it may be uncomfortable to follow some people mm. that have your body or are bigger or whatever, or have bodies that you don't deem beautiful. But in the end, you're going to realize they are beautiful. You just never saw it before. Yeah, yeah, because it's not on the mainstream media, because it's not on the billboards, because it's not in the magazines. We have a we have a bias and we need to be aware of that. And that's why seeing more bodies, more diverse bodies out there in the world, non-photoshopped, not retouched, is so important because it normalizes our body. And what's crazy is people are like, oh my gosh, you don't have stretch marks or cellulite i'm like oh don't even look you're you're far enough you're like 10 feet away from me in that mirror from yes. the camera because like five feet you know double mirror i have them thankfully i i i find a blessing this for me mm. they blend in so yeah. it was not something i had to seriously struggle with some mm. women struggle with it because they're very noticeable but know that if if you got a body like mine, you have stretch marks. Yeah. <laughs> just, yep. The camera hides them too. Okay. The camera will blur them out. Yeah. So just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. You are never the only one with your body. Yes. Ever. Ever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I know any woman who doesn't have stretch marks somewhere. I, right. Because our well, hips went from being a child. Even if you're small, there was still, I mean, I don't know. I'll have to start asking my friends about oops, it because. Oops, grew. I, I, and I grew overnight. I went from, I get, when I was nine, I was a size 14B. I don't know if you know what that means in, in American no. size, but I was, you know, I, I was effectively a fully grown adult by the time I was 10. Like physically, I, I, I was, I was, you know, five foot nine. I looked like an adult by the, by the time I was 11 or 12. I was, I could get into bars. Like I just, I was tall. I had big boobs. I had hips. I just looked like a woman that like the reality. And it was felt like it was overnight. And my, it was overnight because big purple stretch marks all over my boobs, my hips, my belly, everything. I was stretched like a mofo because it happened almost overnight is, is kind of what it felt like in a very short period of time. I went from child to woman. I never, I never had a teenager's body. That never happened to me. So I was covered in stretch marks and they just they're just white. They're just white now. You can't even see it on the camera, yeah, but they're just they're just, just white. That's how, yeah. You know, my boobs are just you can kind of, but they're just, you know, they're yeah, they're just white. There are right? people on the edge that kind of pop out from the angle because they're like iridescent. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes they're like scars. I have ones on the side that are deeper. So they're almost like a little bit concave, but this it's so normal. And I think that's what seeing a diverse range of body means, that we can realise that it's so normal to have blemishes. It's so normal to have stretch marks. It's so normal to have 
sweaty tits like underneath like oh my god I'm sweating I'm spitzing over here like there's a like it's so normal we have all these normal bodies and we only see images of perfection it's poison for us yeah so like that's what it comes down to like learn the rules for fashion so you can break them and wear what you feel if you feel good in it wear it I don't yes. care what anybody else has to say my boyfriend hates one of my dresses Everybody yeah. else loves it, but I'm still going to wear it because I like it. Yes. Um, so it's your somebody, body. Wear what makes you feel happy. Okay. Yeah. Um, follow content creators that have your body mm-hmm. or just talking about real women's bodies. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was another, there was another one in there. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't let fear of how you'll look stop you from doing something because what people remember in this world is what you did nice nobody's gonna care what you look like nobody's Uh, gonna remember the shirt you wore they're gonna remember that you jumped off the cliff first into the water like that's what people are gonna remember they're not gonna remember what color bathing suit you were wearing no nope they're really not and and when we get to our end of our life no one ever regrets going oh my god i wish i wore more black they, you know, you don't, you don't get to end. <laughs> Man, I wish I, I, I was, I, I wore more flattering clothing in my life. And, you know, like I, I, I get that there's the balance there. You, you get to the end of your life and, and you think about all the, all the experiences that you had and how you felt and how you made people feel. And that's, that's what's important in life, the joy. Oh, and photos, photos now, I especially, I remind myself to take photos of myself, even if I don't feel good. Because nice. usually something's going on that I want to remember. And that photo is going to like trigger a memory in 50 years when yep. I can't, or maybe even in five when I still can't remember. Yep. Like, what was I doing? Oh, look, there's a photo. And it's going to remind you of the awesome things you did. 100%. It's not, it's not about what you look like in the photo. It's about no. what you were doing. It's about what I was doing, what experience I had. And that triggers a whole bunch of beautiful memories. I'm so with you. Carolyn, yeah. this has been a phenomenal conversation. I know that so many of my listeners are going to get so much value out of this, and I hope that I hope that yours do too. Your, so if, if you don't already, please go follow Carolyn on on TikTok and on Instagram. So just quickly tell us what your handle is on both of those things. Um, so on Instagram, it's carolinewalker.g. Mm-hmm. and on TikTok, it's carolinewg. So awesome. Caroline spelled c-a-r-o-l-i-n-e like sweet caroline yeah caroline wg on tiktok yeah beautiful so i'll put all those in the show notes anyway so you're going to be able to go go follow carolyn particularly uh you know on instagram and tiktok phenomenal phenomenal content creator phenomenal human it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show carolyn jantheon yeah yeah, I've been practicing that, y'all. <laughs> In my head, I was like, I'm going to say it right an hour and a half after we, I first said it. So thank no, you so much. such a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for reaching out. I'm so happy you did. And, and I'm so thrilled that you, you took it on board. I, I wish you all the success. I wish you to continue to keep going, you know, to just... I, I wish that you get to get into into so many different fields. I just feel like you have so much value to give to the world and we need more people like you. So thank you for being you. So hey, you don't get to make me cry now. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm good at it. <laughs> thank you so much.
Ah, thank you so much for being a part of the More Confidence with Luna Guy podcast. And a huge shout out to Carolyn Jean de, de Jean de. I got it wrong. Her name is Carolyn Jean Jean Tihom. Jean Tihom. Carolyn Jean Tihom. How many times do I need to say it? Carolyn Jean Tihom. I got it. <laughs> Perfectly imperfect, my friends. Thank you so much for being here for, I don't know if you yet know this, but last week my debut book, Perfectly Imperfect, came out. It is now available on Amazon, which I'm super excited about. You can get this in e-book, in Kindle version, or you can get the hard copy through Amazon. I'll put all the links in the bio. And if you want a signed copy or any of the gift packs that I have available, just head to my website, www.moreconfidence.com.au. And I hope to see you soon. In the meantime, happy self-loving.